Welcome back everyone to the first official episode of Prodcast and today we are going to talk about the, the very thing that is on everyone's minds right now. We are still in the COVID situation uh, here in Singapore and it's been one year since the circuit breaker. I think it's a bit more than one year, right uh, guys? Slightly more. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. more than one year. Uh, because last year during circuit breaker, we ended in June. But now it seems like we might be heading to another one because we are now currently back to the COVID phase 2 heightened alert. For any listeners that might not be in Singapore, can any of you guys let us know what is it about? So anyway, phase 2 heightened alert is some sort of like a... Uh, it's a semi-lockdown. Semi uh, we, don't, we don't call our lockdowns lockdowns in Singapore. It's called Circuit Breaker. Coming out of Circuit Breaker last year, we had this thing called Phase 1, which is like coming out of uh, like letting a bit more than just essential services operate. And then we had like we went into phase two for I think half a year, right? We were in phase two from like end of June last year till December, and then they went to phase three, and phase three was pretty much almost every almost back to normal, uh, except that everybody was wearing, everybody was still wearing masks, and earlier this year we went into a more relaxed phase three where they said okay you can start bringing back more than fifty percent of your workforce back to the office up to persons visiting, doing a social visit to your house, you know, a lot of things were eased up. And then suddenly we had the new outbreak, a new outbreak of the B1617 variant. They rolled us back into phase two just before Hari Raya. And they said, okay, no more than five visitors. They didn't restore the work from home mandate uh, until after Hari Raya, the day after actually, they suddenly said, okay, uh, we're going to heighten alert. So now it's from, from, from five persons, it's gone down to two persons social visiting. And then... Uh, work from home is going to be the default. So and so and so and so. So they are tightening up all the measures and, and the cases are still not going down. I mean, you don't see the effects of, of, of the measures until two to three weeks later. So I think the case numbers are going to go up and we are probably going to go back into another um, circuit breaker. I don't know. Like, like I, I mean, looking at the trends, looking at the, the amount of people being infected and the capacity that's that's uh that that our medical and healthcare services have i think it might be inevitable but uh, hopefully they don't because it's going to be a really like tough but it's going to be tougher for businesses and 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 people to come back from that after after it's done correct me if i'm wrong none of us here uh work full-time in in offices right like uh safe to say that most of us even if we do own our own businesses we are still sort of considered freelancers in a way yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not wrong to say that. How has it been affecting you guys as as freelancers? Maybe for me, one of the things is because since as a tutor, one of the main thing that uh, is impacted is definitely no physical classes supposed to be conducted at this period of time. So a lot of the classes are now shifted to online. So most of the most of the time, I'm actually spending more in front of the computer conducting lessons for students. So those are, I think, the big changes that I, I would say that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And also adapting physical classes mindset and also adapting to online classes. I think those are, those are more of the bigger challenges because I'm quite, uh, I, I prefer physical class. Even when last year during Circuit Breaker, uh, despite having quite earlier exposure to online teaching, 
than most of my peer, uh, most of my colleagues or most of the people in the same industry as I do. But I feel that I wasn't fond of that. So I was always constantly looking forward to having physical class. But I kind of find that uh, it's slowly getting to the point that this online class teaching or this online teaching is going to be the norm for many of the lessons conducted in Singapore gradually. That's how I feel. No, I, I think it's inevitable that the classes are going to move online. But of, of course, the value of, of face-to-face is still there. La, but, uh, you know, like, like they always say, you, you have to evolve and adapt. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you'll be obsolete. Yeah, it is, it's one thing that uh, over the last one year, having to be, you know, being stuck in this COVID pandemic situation is, is like, uh, I think I, I, I realized that the adapting is really the more important part of everything right now. Like a lot of things, I, I personally am not, a, not one who will stay at home for a long time before COVID. Like I spent, uh, I've calculated like my whole 10 years, I probably uh, stayed the longest at home was the one year that I have throughout this whole pandemic actually. So I would say that uh, it is slowly getting to me that I, I used to go out and do my work even if I have empty spaces or free time, I would just go to the nearest cafe to sit down and do my work, etc. Suddenly, I'm now constantly have to be homebound. Yeah, so I think that is the sudden mindset change that I need to have. And I suddenly have to like convert my whole home into a legit working space. So again, this is something that uh, I feel that uh, for th- this really caused me to really change and adapt during this pandemic. That's the same for you as well, right, Basil? Like you, you, you mentioned previously that you need to move most of your, your equipment from the office back to your home so that you can function there properly. Only the computer, actually. Computer and all the hard disk and, and stuff because like, I, I definitely can't store the equipment at home anymore. I mean, that used to be the case, but not anymore because there's just too much equipment now. So, but then we don't have to, I mean, the computer you can bring, you can bring, you can bring around. Ma. I mean, it's just an iMac just bringing from, from office to home. So that's not, 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 not that much of a problem. So it keeps us going in a way, you know, so that I don't have to go to the office. But at the same time, I'm also wondering like, you know, the, the longer this carries on, the the more the more the um the strain is gonna be put on the business because you know we, we have overheads to pay for and well clientele is coming in but uh things have been postponed and a lot of how to say uh, there's a lot of clients who potential clients actually uh, who um uh, may not be comfortable in starting projects because they don't know when there's no definite answer as to when uh, we're gonna go into a lockdown or, or something like that. Everybody's tightening their, their 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 wallets, you know. So not just us, even the clients are doing that. Even even the government is doing that. So so everybody's weathering some crazy storm right now. Is it hard for you guys though that that um uh despite that we are all freelancers and and now most of us are homebound, like is it hard that for, for you guys the fact that you have to work from home a lot more than you have than you used to that you cannot really separate, like you find yourself constantly not being able to separate your, your personal life, your personal time from your work time. 
Um, honestly speaking, for me, oh gosh, I I have that tendency, but uh, one of the reason is because, uh, I I am, I am already a workaholic by nature. So, by putting myself constantly at home, there was one point of time I think, even yeah, even for this year also, like this recent one week that I'm starting, uh, working from home, and also since uh last year when I was working from home, I realized that I have a tendency of. I can't differentiate or recognize whether I'm in the weekend or weekday. Wow, that's bad. Yeah I, yeah, I legitimately like working to the point that I woke up the first thing I just switched on my computer and then only when I, and I was still working and working and working to the point that when I look at the, the time and the date at my top right-hand corner, corner of my Mac, then I realized that, oh dear, it's actually Saturday. Oh dear, it's actually Sunday. Oh dear, it's actually Monday. And to me, it led to no difference for any of the day. Hence, I already conditioned like I'm just working. So that was the main problem for me. Uh, yeah, I managed to tweak that back during phase three because uh, during phase one and two, technically speaking, I was still stuck at home working. It was only near close to December last year that I finally had the chance to really go out and, and, and do any physical lesson with anyone. So even then I need some time to get used to, oh, it's already weekend. And then slowly once, and I realized that uh, in the momentum actually start coming building back for the last five months. And then this thing happened again. And my first week actually, uh, I didn't even realize that it was Thursday until this morning. Oh, damn. The, the, the last time I felt this way that you did, uh, that you are right now, sorry, was when I was serving my national service. Because back then, my national service was in in shifts. It, it was in, in rota form. So it was like two morning, two nights, then two off. Well, it was very hard to differentiate which day was which day. Especially when sometimes when we have like certain cases or accidents on, or stuff like that, we will just be on 24-hour standby. It's it, it was really, really hard. So, wow. Like, really... Hats off to you, man, for 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 going through what you're going through right now. No, I, I can I can relate to that because uh, like there there have been, you know you know you know the the thing is when your editing platform is five meters away from your bed or something like that. You know you, mm-hmm. you know how how annoying it gets like when you have a project that perhaps it's not really due, but you know you're working on it and it's sitting there and you you just have the urge to complete it before uh before the deadline right like like way before the deadline i mean if it's sitting there then you're like oh should i should i be the responsible should i be responsible by doing finishing the work or can i just leave it for the next working day you know having your editing station in the office does that to you because it no does actually does a good thing for you because you're not you're not bound by the fact that you see when you wake up in the morning and, and, and you see it before you sleep. Because so that, you know, like in a, in a way that where, you know, if, if your work is in the office, you know that you have to go into the office at a certain time and you know that you have to to finish it. Uh, you have to do it until the time comes for you to go home, you know. And then, and then when you go home, that's it. There's no, there's no work waiting for you at home. 
Yeah, it's more like a like a like it's out of your hands kind of thing, right? Like if you're working in the office, you go in the office, your your mindset switch to work mode. When you choose to leave the office, whatever time it may be, once you step out, once you get on the bus or the train or the grab home, you you know that there's nothing else waiting for you at home. And even if there, like, let's say you're on the way home, or if you're already at home and you receive a text from a client say, "Hey, I want this changed," you you know you can't do anything about it until tomorrow. But when all your staff is at home, right, you kind of feel like, ah, shit, lah. I think I think I should just correct. do it, lah. You know. Correct, correct. So the problem is the the I think I think a lot of people in the workforce, like the people who are gainfully employed, I think they face this issue too, because now everybody work from home, uh, So wait. So the the question we we need to ask is where are the boundaries? I think I think boundaries are very important, especially when it comes to work, because otherwise you have you have our like our friend here, you know, do work until he he don't even know what the day is. I've had that problem too where I thought today is Friday but it's actually Thursday kind of thing. I mean, a lot of people think working from home is great, blah, blah, blah. You get to dress down or whatever. I mean, I mean, yeah, la, I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent but the boundaries need to be very clear. Yeah, I agree with uh, what Bess say about this portion which is the boundary need to be set. And quite honestly, one of the hard, but the, the challenging part is really how to set the boundary. Kim, have you found any success doing that? Or if you have not, how do you intend to start doing that? Uh, to be honest, I genuinely have not got into that thought. But uh, for me, one of the things that I did in order to ensure that I, I have that sort of boundary for the last, it's only these few days I started beginning to do it is I tend to switch off, I tend to set myself that within a certain timing, I'll just switch off. Like, mm. uh, I wouldn't be touching the computer, I mean, touching anything, uh, maybe say dinner time. Mm. So, most of, this so far has been what I intend to do for the next three weeks if this heightened alert is still on. And if they say it's lasting only within this few period, I will likely just uh, do so from there. Like, after a certain timing, I'll just not answer any calls, not answer any messages related to work. Yeah, I think that's a very good practice to have. La. Actually, for me, it hasn't really been too much of a difference, even pre-COVID, because my, my job is a lot simpler. My job is I, I go out and shoot for the day. I'll come back, I'll edit, I'll send to my client, and that's it. You know, uh, There isn't really a lot of um, after-work service, if, if that even makes, it, makes any sense. Uh, so even when Circuit Breaker hit, it didn't really affect me too much because if I'm not able to go out to shoot, I don't have anything to edit, right? Uh, and once my editing is done, it's done. So I don't really find myself reaching for the computer or for my work stuff um, like a lot of my other friends do. I mean, I think honestly, this, this particular problem doesn't hit us freelancers that heavily. It hits more of our friends who are having full-time employment. Because I do have friends who, who work full-time in offices and when they switch over to work from home, right, they are still on Zoom calls and on, on whatever, even like 9, 10, 11 p.m. Because their boss will be like, oh, since you guys are at home and your laptop is just right there, let's have a meeting now. And it's not like they have a say to say, oh, no, I don't want, you know. So I think it, it affects them a little bit more. Uh, than us but for me personally it doesn't really affect too much lah. plus plus I think I, I have been able to find some success in turning off or switching off my work mindset so like after certain timings uh, even if I do get text messages that's about work 
I usually choose not to reply them. I'll read it, but I won't reply. Because I have set my WhatsApp actually to, to have an auto message, which I think you guys have gone on before. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> After yeah, a certain yeah. timing, then you will see, oh, please, I'll text you tomorrow. It's kind, of this, it's kind of stuff. So even when I do open the chat with my client and I see my own auto message, it reminds me not to reply and not to do any work now. So I guess that okay, in a way yeah, helps. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cause, cause I I also do this thing where, uh, I I don't I don't speak to clients anytime outside ten to six, unless I want to. So it's it's like it's like if I if I talk if you're my client and I talk to you outside my um published working hours, then it's a bonus like It's not the it's an exception. It's not the rule. So that that's what I do, and I encourage uh I encourage my my team to do that as well. Uh. Okay, let's let's talk about how this whole thing is affecting not just us but uh Singapore as a whole. Basil, you said you were part of the moderator or founder or something on the SG freelancers oh, group on Facebook, the right? SG SG Creative Community. SG Creative Community. Um so how is it like there? The fire is raging, man. <laughs> well, eh? That's why that's all I that's all I can say. I I mean last year we got a lot of uh Okay, so so the thing is um Last year, last year when 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 it all started happening, there was a lot of uh, um, confusion and a lot of panic and a lot of uh, dismay about like oh who's gonna help us etc 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 uh how's gonna how are we gonna you know carry on uh, blah 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 and all that stuff right and although we're not we're not really seeing a lot of those kind of complaints this year uh I I I think people are still suffering yeah um. I've heard like stories of like friends wanting to sell their gear, um, people wanting to like it's it's pretty much the same as last year. People wanting to let go of their office leases, uh, you know, they they're not sure whether they want to continue doing this or should they should they just go and find a a, a full time job or a secondary income source to to type by. Just today, I I had a an actor friend tell me that you know he's he just signed up for a. Real estate agent course and he's starting end of the end of the month because you know it, it's a bit tough for him to carry on after so long. Like he he said he'll still be acting, but uh, the real estate thing is gonna be like primary for him lah. You know. Uh, I did came yeah. across uh yeah I did came across last year this guy. Um, he was an actor as well, and he was also doing training, and apparently that uh even before last year's pandemic hit, he was already on this mindset that this is not going to last because uh, this pandemic is going to hurt, hurt everyone. So he has also, um, he actually went into uh, digital marketing and I realized that uh, this happens to quite a number of people in the art industry. Like they will, I saw some of my friends from Facebook, they just transit to, oh, I'm a trainer. Now I'm officially a trainer. Now I'm officially a digital marketer. Oh, I'm this and that. Yeah sort yeah. of like they, they in a way is actually hurting them more especially when last year when they released that uh, non-essential like artists are non-essential yeah man yeah. That, was that was nonsense terrible. that was terrible that was really bad I think I think Umbridge at that yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow 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 shots fired that's why that's why it, yeah I find that uh, at this stage it's it's really you know, um, I really felt pity and sympathize with all these group of people because uh, I 
always like I, I met some of them when I was doing acting classes and some of them are really very talented and passionate group of people and yet because of circumstances like this they have to move away from their job it's kind of a waste but it's a no yeah. choice thing yeah yeah I, I think the worst the worst hit people are the people who do live music man like when is the last time you actually heard a band play in a pub uh, I mean, we haven't ourselves stepped into a pub in quite some time as well, uh, So, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's been a year plus law since since circuit breaker law. What's yeah. a pub, man? <laughs> What's a yeah. pub, man? When everything needs to be closed at ten thirty. Or even live music, you know, you know, you know the Esplanade open air. When's the last time you actually heard a band play there, or saw or saw a band playing there? It really has been a while. Uh. Circling back to the, the article that, that SK mentioned, right? Uh, the one that pits um, like what are the more essential jobs and stuff. Actually, one year later, it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't hold up at all because even looking at the, at the Facebook group that you're a part of, Basil, I can honestly say that us freelancers, us, us artistic people, right, are actually one of the more resilient ones out there. We are, we are, we are. People don't see that. You know, we have all these like support schemes that come out to, to help us to tide over with our income and all that. But that, that's actually not, uh, it, 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 it doesn't even begin to cover like most of the income that we receive. While uh, I'm not, this is not going to, I don't want this to turn into a rant. Uh, but, you know, people who are gainfully employed, you know, their salaries are kind of protected because they have this job support scheme. The employer is technically covered with a percentage of their income to make sure that you know they get their full salaries How, well, however we rely on things like service which is like uh i mean it's good help but it definitely does not cover the for for some people for some self-employed people who currently we are kind of lucky because we are not like married with kids right but for self-employed people with kids you know it, it doesn't it doesn't even cover like uh the basic necessities it was like what nine thousand for nine nine months, right? Nine nine thousand over over nine months, yeah, yeah. So it's about a thousand a month. So it, it's it's like it's like a whole it it was like a whole change of mindset kind of thing, you know. You know, suddenly people who were earning like a comfortable maybe two to three k or three to four k kind of thing a month suddenly had to suddenly got no jobs and then they have to rely on that one k a month to type by and whatever savings that they have. So. So the, the, the problem, I think the problem here is that there's a lot of people who feel that um, self-employed people and freelancers are not, um, are not formal workers, which is, which is really, really a huge problem because um, there, there are no, um, how to say, uh, like for example, you take, for example, an actor, right? There is no, there is no way you can define an actor an actor's job as being formal or non-formal because there's no company hiring actors on a full-time basis. Probably the only one is, is Media Call, but I don't know if they're doing that now. Yeah, I heard they're not. So, yeah. Oh, they're not? Yeah, this, this one, I, I think they're not. I'm not sure. I'm not really, I'm really not sure. But but even so, it's still, it's still, my point is still valid because even if they are the only one, even if they're hiring actors, they are the only ones doing so. There's no like other competition. There's no like somebody starting up a, a another like uh, actor company and just hiring actors and paying actors full-time salaries there's no such thing like that how, how can you just uh, perceive us as informal workers you know <laughs> now which is actually a big problem it's, it's a big mindset issue with singapore you only you're only a uh, considered like on a certain level 
or, or you're, only, you're only considered uh, integral to the economy when you are a formal worker earning a salary at a company. And, and, and to them, the, the definition of formal work is, of course, you have salary, you get paid your CPF, you pay, your company pays your CPF, your Medisafe, and then you use your CPF to buy a house, etc. Et et so, so to change that requires a whole system kind of change. So it's it's not just like it's it's not just like 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 so simple. Uh, it requires a whole a whole paradigm shift, which is I think a bit too heavy of a subject to talk about. Yeah, uh, it is actually yeah, yeah. kind of valid because uh, I don't know if I I genuinely don't know if the people actually realize that uh, it's not just actors but self-employed. This whole term, the number of people in Singapore who are self-employed is actually staggeringly high. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And, and, and it's actually proven during the time when we do the, or when they are starting that SERS, uh, that SERS initiative, the first week was crazy. You can barely go into the system because and even ATUC mm. server actually nearly was crashed. It, it crashed, it crashed, it crashed. It didn't nearly, it crashed. Yeah, it crashed. So, yeah. so this is the overwhelming number of people in Singapore that they are actually, who are actually self-employed. Not just okay. actors and all. And then yet, we, and yet, people are not treating the same or are not seeing self-employed or freelancers, not just people in the art industry, but freelancers as a whole as people who are contributing to the society. I just find it like, you know, it's a bit weird in a way. It's like we have so many people who are actually in that category and yet, you know, we, don't being, we are not being treated seriously in a way by the country as a whole. That is the biggest criticism that I find that, that right I, I now... Think I think it's a cultural problem. La. Like, you know, the, the whole, like, um, the, whole, the whole, like, Asian or Singaporean dream where, uh, where you, you, you go to school and then you get good grades, you go to a JC, you serve your NS, you go to uni and then you come out and find a good paying job and then you find a, someone to marry, have kids and then grow old and die. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so 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 you just uh, you 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 live a a pretty decent life, you know. You 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 live a uh well, I would say oh, it can be fulfilling, definitely. You you just live uh, you just exist uh, and then you you play your part, play your role in the system, and then and then one day you're not here anymore. Yeah, you 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 just like that, lor. <laughs> Like, like I think I think a lot of people go into self employment for one reason, you know, because we feel that we want to follow um we want to follow what we are we want to follow our passion, we want to do what we like to do and we want to make a career out of it. And I don't think that we should be punished for it. Because I, I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience at Andrick or, or or SK, right? For example, like when you meet like a, a, a client or you're discussing having a discussion with a friend and and they tell you, Hey, wow, running your own business Quite shocked, huh? Can do can can do anything anytime you want, and all that. Or or they ask you why you charge so much, because, uh, you're doing what you like, what? So we should be happy that I'm giving you the opportunity to do what you like. You know that sort of thing. Have you ever encountered people like that? Of course, of course, yeah, of course. I I have some even worse comments in my teaching industry, like uh, uh, they I I charge a certain rate and then they will. Not only say those things, but they also will say like you know, oh, uh, you know, 
you are doing something that you like, but look at us, we are suffering as, you know, we want the best for our, our kids, but we really cannot afford the amount that you have. And can you please, you know, for the sake of, you know, what you like and for the benefit of my kids, for the benefit of everybody, we just, you know, set this other amount. Like, they, they literally guilt trip the hell out of me. Yeah, and, 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 and it's kind of like, how to say, it's, it's quite annoying, right, when they perceive that, you know, we should take it easy on them because not happy in their jobs or, or, or whatever, you know. But, but you know, I, I always think that it's a opportunity cost. Man. Nobody is stopping you from doing what you like to do. What? If you don't like to work in this job, why are you there? If you don't like to have kids, why do you have kids? You know, that sort of thing. I mean, that is, <laughs> that is really on them, but they like to put it on us. Yeah, exactly. They project all the issues onto us. And, and, and sometimes I'm like, uh, like, okay, you know, okay, maybe, maybe yes, maybe yes, we recognize the privilege that, you know, okay, we are fortunate enough to do, to be able to do what we want, um, to be able to turn our, our passion into a career. But we sacrifice a lot of other things that you do not see. Like, for example, uh, we sacrifice the ability to go on holidays every year without like 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 expensive holidays you know we, we sacrifice the the you know, social life the, even sometimes social life sometimes yes we sacrifice a lot there's a lot of financial sacrifice involved that's for sure because of people like that <laughs> basically we are rebels of the system because we don't follow the uh, established norms of oh you must get married by a certain age you must have kids by a certain age you must do this thing by a certain age. So, so we do really like go against the grain quite a fair bit. Yeah, I, I don't think we should be punished for doing that at all. And not to mention, you know, sometimes it's really our circumstances that we decided to do what we are doing or choose to do what we like to do. And the thing is, there won't be any other opportunities that some of us can go to if we don't choose that route. But yet, you know, circumstances force us to do what we did. But you know, people will look at it as, oh, we, since we are doing what we like to do, without looking at why, they will just simply assume that we are definitely going to have a better life than they do. So it's, it's kind of weird in a way when I think about that, that when you think about it. Don't you think that, that this is actually an issue that even with or without COVID, that we'll always be, be facing? That's true, that's true. But because of, uh, I think because of the article and because of COVID, right, uh, it has brought the issue into the spotlight, I guess. Do you think things are getting better? Honestly, I, I don't know much about what I don't know what much about what the public perception might be at, at, at the current time, but I, I really have to say that the government is not closing its eyes or ears to us. Lah. I mean from what I know, from what I know that uh, might not be at liberty to share like a lot of things, but yeah, they 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 are definitely listening and they have sought us out to talk about it. Lah. So there's definitely some engagement going on there. Yeah, and, and a lot of the grant schemes and, and stuff that you see and the new things that, that are coming out, they are all they're all like products of this engagement. Lah. Hopefully there is something that, that, that will help us to tide through this this crisis, whether or not we go into another circuit breaker. Uh, I mean there's a lot of people who say that the the, the government doesn't want to go into a circuit breaker because they don't want to come up with all the new support schemes but the new current measures already stop a lot of people from working. People are already like suffering and, 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 and you know what? Like because of last year, right? I think a lot of people burn through their savings just trying to survive. And then this is just like the second kind of 
the second wave of needing to survive. So I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to survive this if this is prolonged for any longer. The uncertainty is the problem. Okay, I don't want to sound like I'm siding with the government or whatsoever, but I personally do feel that the government is themselves are seeing that that aspect quite clearly because uh, considering the fact that the economy hit 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 so badly last year with that kind of growth, they definitely would not want to go into circuit breaker as much as they could, which is what they are trying to say, definitely. But at the same time, I just feel that in a way, this situation is not going to be getting better and they are also very well aware of it. So every one of us are trying to mitigate the mitigate the, the damages as, as little as possible. That's what I always constantly feel. That, and, and that is also one thing with regards to this pandemic is it is not going to go off anytime soon. And yet, I don't even know how people can stay positive all this while and, and still continue to say, oh, we can do it. We can still, you know, pull through even up to them. Because even, even I have to admit myself that at times I also feel like, you know, a bit discouraged. I mean, what Kim, uh, what, what SK says has a point because not just is it affecting us on a personal level, on a financial level, and on a, and on a career scope. It's even affecting our social economy as a whole. Not only do we have a lot less opportunities or, or chances to, to provide for ourselves and or our family, we're not just limited to our homes that we are limited to our countries because of, of this pandemic it's not, it's not just affecting Singapore it's affecting the whole world the entire world a lot of things like a, a lot of luxuries like travel has been restricted and just taking travel away is already making a lot of Singaporeans a little bit crazy the upcoming looming possibility of a second circuit breaker is already a lot worse than last year's honestly last year when they announced circuit breaker or during through the process of phase one phase two and this kind of thing right you do see some crazy Singaporeans going a bit off the rails. I mean, you see articles on, on CNA or on Straits Times or even on Mothership. But this year, it's really getting a lot worse because the one article that that, that really struck a chord with me, right, that made me feel a bit scared of this whole thing uh, was xenophobia. I mean, you do have to give props to our government that, that our country is handling the virus pretty well compared to some other countries, I mean, say India or maybe even Malaysia. We are handling handling it pretty well to, to even be able to open up our country to very small amounts of, of maybe certain people from other countries to come in here for some medical assist. But because of that, it is now taking sort of an effect on us as well. Because of that, in a way, the Indian variant has now reached our shores. And through that, you actually see in more and more articles nowadays that xenophobia is rising. Literally, I think just a couple days or a week ago, we saw this article where this man in Pasiris Park was shouting at a at an Indian family, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that is actually very scary to me because it's not something that is usually reported in the news in Singapore for a long time already. Yeah. So I just think that this whole thing on a social level is actually really, really kind of scary. How to say, uh, like I'm not just I'm not trying to justify like uh, uh I, I I'm not trying to justify xenophobia but uh, I, I think okay sometimes sometimes racists will use whatever situation they can to their advantage to you know jump on and and this time it just so happens that the virus comes the variant of the virus comes from India right yeah but 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 I, I would say that 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 uh the the government should have known that this 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 was happening I mean the facts are very clear like 
uh, unfortunately, people have been the, the the Indian government has not been taking this very seriously. They've been more concerned with uh, you know, holding their elections, which is kind of like crazy. And and people are dying left, right, center in, in, in India. The facts are clear. They've been doing so since since April, right? At least. But uh for some reason the government just refuses refuse to close the borders. You know? And then and then that's one, that's number one. Number two is that if you if you look at the 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 the, the recent Uha over Jade Rasif's uh, encounter with MOM and her mate, it's clear that they're they are not very strict on the quarantine measures as well. So, uh, well, it is true to say that the government did a, very, uh, did a pretty good job in the beginning. I think they've, they've become complacent. I think they, uh, they would have seen this coming. They would have seen this coming. Uh, but they took a gamble that it might not be so serious. And they lost. I think it's yeah. I think to be honest, uh, I I have a different perspective when it comes to this, uh, this 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 particular part about gambling. But yeah, they are gambling. They are definitely gambling. But my perspective is okay. I read an article about the amount of things or the number of things that is imported or the number of goods that is imported from India. Uh, particularly a lot of business-related stuff like machineries, steels, iron, aluminiums. India is the one of the few high, one of the biggest producers for all these different materials, which for business aspect they is very crucial for for many of the businesses, especially factories and all. And the construction sites, uh, the construction workers aside, including including this. And if you know about tradings and you know about uh travels, traveling, tradings, human movements, all these things, you will know that they are all hand in hand. Goods uh traveling goods or yeah. Goods travels and human traffic, uh human traveling for borders are are always hand in hand. So it's a very tricky subject to do. And if in, in honesty, I felt that it's in a they are in a loose situation because the government cannot say, oh, I just cut off immediately without thinking about other options. Like where to get all these materials from, where to get all these uh where to get all these things from. And they have to try to mitigate this as much as possible, to mitigate the damage as much as possible. But I do find that in this case, uh A, they don't have much of a choice. They have to still open a little bit, especially with regards to all this. But at the same time, they know very well that this is going to happen. But what I feel that is that they don't have much of a choice until they can only react if it's too serious enough, like what is currently happening right now. Because there's no way anyone or any kind, like Singapore has no natural resources. These things, which a lot of businesses require in order to function, becomes a very crucial thing for them to to have. But yet, only until when things are getting so serious, then they can say, oh, I can just cut it off. So I think that in a way, the government is also in a very... Uh, like like what like what uh, Lawrence Wong said before, Minister Lawrence Wong said before, is they are running on a knife's edge and they admitted it very, very clearly because 
there is no way they can do anything any time earlier without affecting any of the economy or the businesses ahead. And this has been shown that if you blockade anything quite, like you do what Taiwan did, you do you did what uh, New Zealand did, we did for two months during the circuit breaker, and our economy nearly crashed badly. So it's one of those times that I think if anyone in that position is going to have a lose-lose situation. Yeah, but SK, you, you, you mentioned something exactly what I was thinking about that, that I was wondering how to segue into it, which is you said that the government only acts when it's too late, which, which I 100% agree. Um, so here's my question to you both. Do you guys think that one, um, that one for our government, it really, they are acting a little bit too late? And two, would things be better if, say, they had jumped on circuit breakers straight away instead of, you know, slowly rolling back to phase two, phase one kind of stuff? Because when circuit breaker hit us last year, April to June, that two months was the toughest for most, for most Singaporeans. But you do have to admit, financially, yes, it was not good. Uh, I also agree with with, with SK that our, our, our market did sort of uh, took quite a deep but it helped it helped our situation uh, there were a lot less cases the circuit breaker worked in short okay but this time they are still going the long route you know uh, that the Indian variant came to Singapore you see a rise in cases but instead of jumping on the circuit breaker straight away they they you know as I, what I just said they slowly are rolling back to phase two whereas what Malaysia did I do have to say Malaysia Partly because they are big also. Their they the country is very, very big. Uh, but in the recent months, I think what they did correctly was as long as there is a spike in something, right? There's no, you know, like phase one, phase two is straight away MCO. No discussion one. And it is helping the regions that are under the MCO lockdown. Uh, Australia is doing something quite similar. If I'm not wrong, Perth or Melbourne or something. One case only they close for three days. Exactly. You know, exactly. Something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that the government should be a bit more proactive. I've always been a support a supporter of a more proactive uh, government because, because you, see, you see, the thing is, I, I, I understand how they operate. They, 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 they work based on data. But, but and, and, and that's, that's fine because data covers your backside. But sometimes, uh, like, uh, how to say? Uh, because because you're the leadership, right? Sometimes taking a bit of proactive action, uh, won't really hurt that much, and it might it might turn out to be better. Yeah, that that's why I feel, like, cause if cause if you act on data all the time, that's why you're 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 gonna get things like, uh. That's why we are always one step behind other people, because we wait for the data to show itself. I mean, to a layman like me, right? I I actually did not make the intellectual connection that they are acting on data to me it has just always seemed like oh uh, we are only going to circuit breaker because our neighboring countries are all on lockdown as well so we follow law they are actually they are they are actually following on data if you notice that they're constantly talking about data it's like uh safe entries is safe entry is data and uh the idea that um right now this is the number that they have they're constantly talking about numbers and numbers so in a way yeah so I can see where Bess is coming from. Yeah, they are very, very reactive towards whatever data is given. 
And I would say that uh, for me to, to look at this is I hope that they can be proactive also. But at the same time, I don't know whether being proactive in a lockdown, how much damage, how much how much uh you know, how much recovery can it really help and how much damage can it actually affect? What is the ratio? How how you know, what is the ratio towards both? Yeah, I mean I mean I mean hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? But if you look at if you look at the 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 the, the pattern of like how they've been doing things, it's like okay, uh we see that uh we don't really want the economy to be affected, so we don't want to relax like go total lockdown, we don't close our borders and all that stuff. And then they took a gamble on that. And then outbreak happened, economy affected anyway, you know. And and it might even be worse now. So <laughs> sometimes a, a bit of pro proactiveness does help in the long run. And it helps uh helps to show that your leaders have some sort of foresight as well. Because because you see uh, the thing is the thing is uh what I really didn't like is that I, I know we have like maybe a couple of uh, a few people who don't who, who breach the rules. There are people, you know, people like Terence Chow, people like those Angmo at the at, at 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 Lazarus Island. They got caught, you know, and they get fined and all that stuff, right? So there are people like that for sure, hundred percent. But 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 mo- for most of the part, right? Most of us have been actually doing our part to, you know, contain the spread of the virus. We wear our masks properly. We we don't gather. We don't gather. We don't break the rules. You know, uh. And then, and then, but the problem is, is like, uh, we do that because we trust that whatever they are saying, uh, is the right, it's the right thing to do. So, and then we trust them. We 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 trust them, uh, to protect, to protect us, you know, to protect us from the virus. So so by by not being proactive enough to close our borders to the country that's been having the largest spike of cases and deaths in the past month, that has led to where we are today, which is we are wondering whether we're going to face another circuit breaker or not. So that's why I say they gamble and they lost. And even if I, even if, even if I say that they act on data, right, this time they clearly did not act on data. As Basil has said, that us as Singaporeans or whoever that have been staying here for the past year are doing our part, you know, like we go out, we wear masks, we, we do contact tracing and trace together. Uh, we try not to touch as many things as possible. We, we try not to go to crowded places and things like that. We have been doing a part, which is the only reason why our numbers have not been spiking in the thousands. That's the only reason. All right. Which is one of the things that uh, I, I would say that, like I said, uh, again, not trying to cite on the government whatsoever, but I, I, I kept thinking that it is... the Yeah, this time... I. They, I'm, I'm definitely agree with best that they didn't act on data with regards to the India's uh situation, especially uh they really took the Indians PM's word for it when in the initial part where, uh you know the Indian was the the Indian Premier, P, Prime Minister was constantly saying that oh we are not going on a lockdown again this will be the last resort our current, uh our current numbers are actually quite safe etc in the beginning before the spike, and then. The country started opening up. They have all the they have the main the election was one of them. They prior to that they have a Hin, they have a Hindu e- religious event. They have a cricket event. All these things actually, you know, all these three things, major spreader event that caused the whole thing. And I don't know if it's because they just take the 
the words of the you know the Indian PM's word for it, and they go, okay, let's let's slowly open things up with India, and no la, no la. I, I I don't think so la. I, I don't think they're that 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 the uh, for lack of a better word dumb, yeah. But this time round, but at the same time, I will also say that uh, we are at a state whereby we have to be more of focusing on our own to make sure that we are doing our part. That's what I kept believing in. And oh, of course, of course. Yeah, of yeah. Course. Yeah, and, and in terms of, oh, uh, the government did not be, uh, did not do well and was etc. They didn't. They didn't do well. But at the same time, no matter how much I would say about them, whatever difficulties they experience is already secondary. But like what Beth say is it's really us now up to us to really do our part and just you know try our best to make sure that we still follow whatever restriction that is given. Yeah, yeah, which is which is the thing which is the which is the thing that that might be a problem in the future because you know, uh as much as we as much as Singaporeans have different um political allegiance when the government of the day says, uh, okay, wear your mask, practice your safe distancing. Uh, make sure you wash your hands properly. Majority of the people will follow, because end of the day, we understand that we are doing this to keep our family safe. Correct. But then, and then, like I mentioned earlier, we we do this and we place our trust in them to uh make sure that our country is safe from the virus. So you know they have the vaccination programs that are coming up. Blah blah blah. You know the public education on on all the hygiene practices. You know they're changing. They they hired safe distancing ambassadors, etc. etc. And then they failed at the very point of entry, which is the airport. <laughs> they failed the quarantine process. You know. So 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 when 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 the government fails to 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 do what they're supposed to do properly, the let the trust in from the people is eroded and then the next time when they when they tell you to do something will you that's the thing which which is what i fear actually because uh if we're going to go into another uh, circuit breaker right i i really think that there's going to be a lot more people being caught doing stupid things because we really uh, we really just cannot stand it anymore and and you have to consider that that uh it's not just the econ- economic or or, or or the career or whatever you have to consider people's mental health also. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the mental health issues. But granted that the people that the number of people who are doing stupid things during the first and or possibly second circuit breaker is still a very small percentage of actual Singaporeans, lah. Of course, of course. But uh, once the uh once the trust in the government is eroded, uh, then there's gonna be a lot more other people taking advantage of this, uh, like this broken trust and, and you know things are just gonna go haywire from there. It's I I think that uh right now I genuinely think that like what Bear say the trust is already broken long quite some time ago. In fact, uh I'm pretty sure that since last year actually the trust a lot of trust has been sort of broken already. And I would say that uh the the way that the whole situation is right now is if the government is really good enough to do damage control, I think they should start doing it now. But right now, I don't see them doing any damage control more so than trying to just 
get oh let's let's get this thing settled first. Let's get this thing that thing settled first. That kind of situation. They are not they are not trying they are not realizing like what Bess you say that the trust is already broken. I think you don't need another circuit breaker to 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 react to it. Just this xenophobic response that we are seeing right now is already a breach of trust between the people and the government. If you yeah, notice that. I, I, I think it's just an unfortunate, unfortunate that uh, the cases just happen to come from India. <laughs> because if, if, okay, can you imagine? I mean, last year there was, last year there was a lot of, uh, uh, like, there was a lot of hate, hatred spread to it, towards China and, 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 and fair-skinned Asians. Right? So this, this year, it, it just unfortunately happens to be the Indians. Uh, so, uh, it's it's obviously a problem, but uh, uh, I I can't I can't see it ending anytime soon. It won't. It won't. It's probably gonna stay for a while. But it's quite sad, lah. To be honest, I don't know how I I I don't know how the government can can recover this kind of trust back from the people. I'm genuinely honest, and for my mindset is that it's not going to happen anytime soon. Let's just say, uh, say and agree that in the coming months in in Singapore, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very confusing. Uh, there might be a little bit of panic here and there, but for the most part, most people will know what to do lah, Especially work wise, because we have had that one year to 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 prep and get used to the the current lifestyle. Really. It's just that we are rolling back on. Yeah, I think a lot of people are happy to go back to work from home lah, To be honest. Yeah, I can see from some of my friends who responded. But quite honestly speaking, uh, yeah. But quite honestly speaking, uh, the the whole of, you know, uh, I I don't know the the way that you know guys like the ministers like Warren, Lawrence Wong has been constantly saying that you know oh, uh, we'll see the result within two or three weeks time. I don't even know whether or not to be optimistic enough to trust what they have said just for that. I think that is something that you you that you needn't need to worry yourself with because it's 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 definitely out of your control. So. I guess just just do our part. Just do your part. Wear a mask when you go out. Wear wear the proper surgical mask with proper filtration. Uh, wash your hands. Practice safety distancing. Uh, do your contact tracing and stay home as much as you can, lah. I mean, even if you're not thinking on a on a country level, think for your family, lah, and for yourself, ah. In fact, the weird thing is, uh, I'm not trying to bash vaccination or whatsoever. I actually got vaccinated. But the fact that uh the initial reason for me to getting getting the vaccination is really trying to, you know, hope that I can protect my loved ones. Which the irony part is after the whole like some of these positive cases they got hit with the with the virus, even though it seems like they did not get into serious situation, like they 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 need to go ICU. But the the weird part is this does show one thing is that it helps to protect us to not get serious infections. But, uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. but we are still the carrier. So it uh, led yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah, it led to a, a worry as well for like people like me, like you know, hey, I vaccinated already, but it protects me, but it's not gonna protect my family if I'm not careful enough. Yeah, if, if they don't get if they don't go and get vaccinated, right. But there have been some some cases of uh, of some people who have already been fully vaccinated still contracting the disease for a second time and is the stronger variant now uh, but it, it it won't kill them so so yeah it won't it, kill them just, but you'll, you'll just yeah. get it yeah yeah and they are carriers so that is the biggest concern yeah it's not like you know even for me 
I'm not worried. Now, right now, because I'm fully vaccinated, I'm not concerned about me getting it. I'll be fine. But I'm worried about the people around me because I will be the carrier, which is something that a lot of people, uh, especially people who vaccinated, did not see that portion. And I, I, if this is a PSA for them, like, it's just probably going to let them know that you still have to do whatever you need to take. Yeah, yeah. I think they should have done vaccinations by a family unit or by, by your, your postal code. Right. Not by age group, right? Not by age group, yeah. It's really not by age group. It's like, like for example, like, oh, okay, today this neighborhood in Bedok, uh, today, tomorrow that neighborhood in Tampanese, that kind of thing. Mm. By, by region, no? Yeah, correct, correct, correct. I think they should have done that. Okay, la, so in short, in, in today's episode, it's a bit long it's, and it's a bit heavy, but I think we barely scratched the surface of what we could have possibly talked about. So uh, we don't want to, to get too deep and too political about it. There are still a lot of things we can talk about. Let's just not get into this, into it so deep, especially in the first episode. Lah. But if you guys out there who are listening enjoy uh, what we are talking about, there is a very real life issue. Let us know. We, we, we might be able to, to talk about it in the future or if, if our measures actually step up to be even more strict and stringent or if it loosens up, we might talk about it again also but other than that we hope that you enjoy our content here on broadcast and we'll see you in the next one bye bye bye, bye.